I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig. That was some outstanding stuff. Whatever, Kevin. You sound like a real nerd. Joining us as always. Let me remind you. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. All right, it is another edition, the 39th episode of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, the Channel Partners podcast. I am Channel Partners Executive Editor Craig Galbraith. Joining me is always the man who puts the K in chaos, our business development lead, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? <laughs> Craig, well, well done, sir. Again, as always, I don't know where you come up with these intros, but uh, I think you pegged me. Uh, I tend to believe I'm more of a laid back, calm individual, but I think everyone that I've met throughout the course of my life would say I'm, I'm a little more chaotic. So, so well done. Right on again, my friend. Uh, doing well, but uh, I did notice something different in the intro there, Craig. Yeah, I did shake it up a little bit. Craig, I mean, it sounded like a lot of those big morning radio shows like uh, Mike and Mike from back in the day, or now it, I think it's Golik and Wingo, or you know some of those other radio shows. Are we really that big time, man? No, not really, but I got bored. <laughs> Understood, <laughs> man. Understood. Don't call it a clip show, Kevin, but I thought I'd throw in a few little quips that we've used before and probably used multiple times that our audience is tired of and will probably use multiple times again. Especially on my end, I have a tendency to say the same things. I don't have that editorial vocabulary like you do. I, I have the, uh, hey, I'm just a dumb sales dude uh, vocab. <laughs> you know, we haven't been together since the holiday weekend. Uh, how was yours? Do anything exciting? Personal deep day. Craig, I had an excellent weekend, although I was missing uh, half of my standard internal family unit as uh, a wife and daughter uh, went up to New York City with grandma to see Wicked on Broadway. So the boy and I had the place to ourselves Oops. with a dog, Susie, of course. But And we, we had a weekend of mandom, I would call it, where he slept in quite a bit because he's just become a teenager. And I did a lot of yard work while he was sleeping. And then, you know, we watched a lot of sports. We ate a lot of steak and grilled sausages and hamburgers yeah. and then uh, we went out and actually got to play a little bit there was a lot of thunderstorms so we did get to play a little basketball a little tennis threw the football around so a lot of fun there and then and then the ladies came back on monday um and uh we just hung out we grilled a little bit uh hung out with the neighbors so definitely a good time uh i do want to say that uh not so much on the weekend but on tuesday something big kicked off for our family uh, the kids love america's got talent and i think we have a new theme coming that we'll talk about a little bit uh at, here at at the end of this podcast and then again during the bridge so looking forward to that. Before we get to all that, Craig, I got to ask you, how was your weekend, good sir? It was a great weekend, Kev. Uh, we got out, got some exercise. Uh, it was nice to have an extra day off. But you know, here in Arizona, Memorial Day is one of those weekends where we're starting to close up all the windows. Well, actually, we did that about mid-April. But uh, it's getting to be that time of year where we're going to be over 100 degrees every day till the 1st of October. So we're sort of the opposite of the rest of the country. Gotcha. I understand there was a new addition, though, for the weekend to uh, your homestead, if you will. Yeah, buddy, I upgraded the TV. It was just in time for the NBA Finals. Really excited to get those started and see LeBron taking on Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and the boys. Perfect segue, as always, Craig, because the NBA Finals brings me to my latest and certainly not last metaphor for our annual plug of Channel Partners Evolution. <laughs> Oh boy, I sense another massive reach coming. 
<laughs> Probably right, Craig, but but bear with me for a moment here, please. Again, the NBA Finals will feature the Warriors and the Cavs, um, the super teams from their respective conferences. But let me tell you this. There's going to be a pair of super teams combining to bring you Channel Partners Evolution, and that's Channel Partners and Channel Futures. We're going to meet again, only what's great about this is we're actually teammates now. So it, it is like a super duper team, I guess, for lack of a better term. And now that we're this combined team, Craig, you know, we're stepping up our content another notch as you and, and the Channel Futures content teams are working together. Um, our sales teams are working together. We're bringing our, both of our respective audiences of communications and IT partners together. And speaking of that, we're hoping that communications and IT-focused channel partners begin making their own super teams and start collaborating and becoming more focused on coopetition rather than competition. And we're going to be talking about all of that and more in Philadelphia in October, Craig, and I can't wait, quite frankly. Not your worst metaphor ever, Kevin. Maybe a bit of a rerun. I think I've heard pieces of that before, but, you know, nobody here gets paid for originality. You are correct, however, that this will be an updated version, 2.0 evolution event. You might say with a little help from our friends at Channel Futures. In addition to the Cybersecurity Summit and the MSP 501 Awards Dinner we spoke about in our last podcast, we're going to be hosting our first ever Business Innovation Hackathon. Well, got to be pumped. Have you heard about this, my friend? I have heard about it. So what is it going to be? We're going to hire hackers from all over the world, like Snowden is going to be in town or something? <laughs> close, but not really close at all, my friend. Uh, let me explain it. So we're going to bring together entrepreneurs, sales and marketing experts, other facilitators from the channel community. We're going to have our channel NX2Z group, which you're going to hear more about later in this podcast. Tech World's Half, perhaps you're familiar with that group. Also, people from the Philadelphia business community, everybody's going to come together in the Grand Hall of the Pennsylvania Convention Center. Uh, we're going to transform that space into an area for meetups, networking, workshops. It's going to be tremendous, my friend. It's going to be a first-ever event at Channel Partners Evolution or any Channel Partners show, for that matter. We're excited about it. That sounds amazing, Craig. Um, you know, I understand the Expo Hall is going to feature a few new things as well. It most certainly will, Kevin. Uh, one of those is going to be a massive MSP pavilion featuring all kinds of game-changing vendors for MSPs and digital services agents to visit. Uh, we'll also have a second stage on the show floor providing education, thought leadership. That'll be open throughout Expo hours. We're going to call that the Channel Futures Theater. Wow, Craig. This event is going to be massive indeed. It's already the second largest event in the channel to our own Spring Channel Partners Conference and Expo that we all know. And Channel Futures and Channel Partners are, are going to be making it the can't-miss event of the fall. There's truly something for everyone here. We did mention the Golf Invitational and all the other great things and the standard uh, vendors and suppliers that really set the bar and, you know, up their game every show as well. So, you know, I noticed when you were speaking there, Craig, you mentioned the MSP 501 Awards Dinner. I understand the submission deadline to be part of the MSP 501 had just ended. Can you explain to our audience a little bit about what that's all about for those that don't know already? Absolutely, Kevin. We got a staggering amount of applications in to make this prestigious list this year. It is the most comprehensive ranking of leading MSP organizations worldwide. It's brought to you by Channel Partners and Channel Futures. Now, our survey uses unique data analysis, and I won't get into all the nerdy details here 
I've got a pie chart of how things are weighted if you want to give me a call after this. But you don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to be the biggest MSP to make the list. We'll also be giving out some first time awards at the event. Hey, hey, hey Craig, can I can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, sure, you got a question? I do, I do. So I just want to know, you said worldwide, so if I had an MSP business in, let's say, Russia, would I be able to submit? Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Our, our deadline has passed, like I mentioned, but yes, anywhere in the world, so Russia would certainly qualify. So would uh, Australia might, would that, if I had a, if an MSP there, would that be okay? Uh, yeah, uh, Kevin, Australia is also... Uh, within the confines of the world. So, so yes, Australia is good as well. Thanks, Craig. So let's say I had an MSP on, let's say, Uranus. Uh, would that work? I, no, you're still not quite getting it. In, in this case, uh, that is a planet. It is not part of our world. So that, in fact, would disqualify you. No MSPs from other planets. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I think that was uh, a joke. Maybe our millennials in our second interview segment would appreciate a little more. <laughs> All right, back to it. If you're familiar with the history of the MSP 501, it goes back to the days of the old MSP mentor site, which of course combined with the VAR guy and Talking Cloud to create Channel Futures last fall, which the massive, and it seems like massive is our word of the day, channel partners conglomerate pulled into its fold just a few months ago. Wow, Craig. I mean, that sounds really deep. I might have to follow up with you on that. I understand this segues beautifully into our next guest. You are just on a roll with these segues here, Craig. That's right, Kevin. It's worth noting, however, that you missed your submission deadline to be a part of this next interview with a leader from a company that knows a lot about collaborating successfully with MSPs. That's Jennifer Anaya, the Vice President of Marketing with Ingram Micro. Craig, to use an MBA reference, I totally bricked on that one. I'm sure both you and Jennifer slam dunked this one. Let's roll the tape and find out. Jen, how are you? Doing great. Thank you. How are you? I am doing extremely well. Even better to be talking with you today. Uh, the first thing we wanted to be discussing was your presence, Ingram's presence, at the upcoming Channel Partners Evolution. We may still be four months out, but you guys are already on board as a premier sponsor of our inaugural Channel Partners Channel Futures MSP 501 Awards Dinner. You'll also be on the show floor exhibiting. Something must have struck a chord regarding our MSP 501 Gala. What was it about it that made you guys jump on board so quickly? I would say a couple of things. One, I think you guys have something unique going on with the MSP 501. And two, I think you know MSPs are our fastest growing partner segment. And we saw a great opportunity to be there and be you know, one of your top sponsors so that we can connect with those MSPs that are really ranking and, and smart and figuring out some innovative ways to grow their businesses. And then also um, introduce ourselves to some new partners, just service providers and um, master agents and some of the other folks that attend the Channel Partners event as well. It's a great, great opportunity for us. Why don't you talk a little more about your relationship with MSPs? You say they're your fastest growing segment. We work with MSPs in a variety of ways. You know, I'd say until probably more recently, there's been a pretty wide open definition of MSP. It's tended to be around those partners who have 
dove into developing uh, a managed service part of their business that has ongoing recurring revenue and, and such. And I think that that definition has expanded a little bit more to now include, you know, areas within security, for example. For example, we have master MSPs that are being developed and really focusing in on specializing in security solutions because they are so complex and there are so many aspects of security that partners need to know about, as well as MSPs that are growing now up into the mid-market and adding a managed piece to potentially on-premise hardware or even software-defined now solutions that they're offering. And so there's some really interesting ways that these partners are growing, expanding their businesses. And at Ingram, we've got lots of different resources as well as areas of expertise that they can hook into, whether it be security or our cloud team, which has traditionally worked with MSPs, and our data center solutions team now is starting to work a lot more with them. So, you know, we're seeing growth um, not only in those traditional folks, but also in larger solution providers that are adding a managed piece to their, their business um, model. Well, in talking about technology, uh, security, and so forth is a great segue into my next question, which is about the marketing and technology conference track we have set up at this fall's Evolution. You're going to be leading one of those sessions alongside Marie Rourke of White Fox Marketing, one of our very favorite PR people. Talk about the blend of marketing and tech. I would imagine the marketing message has had to evolve just as technology has evolved. So maybe talk about some of the marketing strategies that partner businesses should be applying. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting right now what's going on with marketing and marketing in the technology space in particular. So I would tell you it's a mix of old and new. And what I mean by that is traditionally as a marketer, it's really important to start with one cardinal rule, and that is understand who you're selling to, therefore who you're marketing to. And it's important in that context to really understand what they want and they need. It's easy to think about marketing as sort of a broadcast point or a way to, you know, basically shut out your message to as many people who are willing to hear, but it's not effective. And especially as we're coming into just recently new GDPR regulations in Europe, you know, and people just being very conscious of sharing their, their private data, and understanding who they're connecting with, it's even more important to really understand who you're selling to and therefore who you're marketing to. And the second piece of that, which isn't new, is to make sure you've got a marketing plan built around that audience. Again, it kind of goes back to, all right, who are you selling to? What are your business objectives that you're trying to achieve? And then what are the marketing strategies that are going to help you connect with those people you're selling to and make sure that you're staying focused on what it is from a business standpoint that you're trying to drive? And when I say business objectives, those can range just in terms of, you know, as a partner, are you trying to grow your business in a particular market? Are you trying to expand a, a, your business in an existing market? by bringing new solutions or new capability into that market? Are you trying to maybe go into a vertical and really specialize? There's a lot of ways that you can define those objectives, but it's really important to make sure you have specific goals because 
you know, those marketers who come into your organization or those companies that want to sell you their services, it's really easy to get caught up in kind of, you know, what I call shiny object marketing. Um, there's a lot of cool marketing tools out there. There's a lot of digital stuff. Um, there's a lot of, you know, programs and things that the vendors are bringing to partners. But you got to have a plan and you got to understand what you're trying to achieve with that plan so you know which things to choose and how they fit into your plan, um, just so that you don't get redirected. Because the last kind of key point that I would say is not new either, is that you need to measure what you're doing. If you don't have objectives set, it's hard to know how to measure you know, the activities and what you're doing around them. So there's lots of things that you can do in terms of activities, in terms of content, and you know, getting content and sharing content, social selling, social media. AI now is, is an incredibly powerful tool that I think bringing into the marketing mix and really understanding how to use data to understand those customers better and what they want and what they're about. But again, if you don't have that plan sort of outlined, it's tough to know which of these activities are really going to work and then how to measure the results of those activities against what your business objectives are. Absolutely. That is some great advice. Jen, you've been instrumental in launching a number of programs at Ingram Micro over the years, AIM being one of the more notable. Maybe you can talk about the success of that program and any others and how partners are benefiting from them. I would tell you a couple of, of ways. So one, you know, the team has been really masterful at storytelling and we've helped a lot of partners understand more who they are and what they're about and what they can offer those customers that they're selling to, and then how to turn around and tell their story in the context of how those customers can relate and want to you know, really see how, what they can get out of what those partners offer and what they can do and who they are. So you know, that's branding, really, and, and around storytelling. And we've helped, I'd say over the last two years, over 40 partners completely holistically rebrand themselves or take a brand that is existing and just put a better context around the story is that they're telling around that brand. So that's one way. The second way is really new and it's, it's exciting because we've worked for about three years within digital and content marketing, within the channel to really understand how to get that great experience of getting content from the right people at the right time to have them learn and really start to form their opinions around the technology solutions they're searching for online and wanting to know more about. And we've got a program and a tool that we've um, launched called Partner Connect that now marries up really great content with a very smart way of getting that content out, um, search engine optimized, along with digital advertising that can help people find you. And that content that can go into that system can be very focused around things that those end users and specifically non-IT end users who are now becoming more influencers in a, in a purchasing decision for IT or even making the purchasing decision for IT in some cases, say, you know, CMOs or line of business leaders to really understand more about that technology and what it can do for the business. And we're putting that partner right in the middle of, of how they're learning and how they're finding out more about that solution. So that's something that we're really excited about. And if we can help those partners influence the way that these end users are learning 
that I think could be a really great combination uh, tied with their story. Now, a lot of your partners who are benefiting from that uh, just attended your Cloud Summit in Florida. You've got your One Fall Partner Conference in Washington, D.C. coming up uh, in late October. I guess I'd ask if there's one thing you want your solution providers to take away from these events in 2018, what would that be? Yeah, I think it would be to really think about what's next for generating growth in their business. I'd even like to say, what if they took one idea? You know, it's hard to get inundated with so much information, right? One idea and make a plan to implement it in their, their business. And think about Ingram Micro as a business partner. You know, what we've heard from our partners is that we can help fill gaps in areas that, you know, they can't quite fill, whether they're, they're skill gaps or their capability gaps. We can help fill that and help them go to market in, in a, a, a more holistic way around a solution. Um, what we can also do is stretch their capability. So let's say they want to try out a new technology category that they're not Maybe they don't have the trained engineers on staff or the trained salespeople on staff to really support out of the gate. We can help do that for them and get them started, almost like a, a seed, seed resources, seed money to get going into one area so that they could start to build growth there. We've got financing and, and of course, marketing. There's lots of ways that we can help our partners to break into a new space. So that would be the one thing is, what are you going to do next in your business to grow, and, and what can Ingram do to, to help you do that? Well, Jen, it is clearly an exciting year at Ingram Micro. I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today, and also a big thanks to you and Ingram for sponsoring our MSP 501 Awards Dinner. We're really looking forward to that, and we're looking forward to seeing you not only there, but participating in our education session that we referred to earlier as well. Thank you. Thank you. We're looking forward to it. Wow, Craig, that was some phenomenal stuff from Ingram's Jennifer Anaya. And you were surprisingly mediocre as well. <laughs> Just holding up our agreement not to outshine the president of the rectangle of mediocrity. <laughs> that would be me, I guess. <laughs> you know, I wanted to mention there's one thing I left out of that interview. I totally bricked, as you would say, uh, with Jen that will bring us to a new segment of Coffee with Craig and Kevin. That's right, Craig. We figured a television show isn't the only place where talent should be showcased. The channel we work in and with every day has individuals with many talents. So with that, please allow us to bring you our first edition of The Channel's Got Talent. We'll be asking each guest, including ourselves, unfortunately for you, uh, throughout the summer to let us know their hidden talent. And we'll be selecting the three top talents at the end of the segment to receive the highly coveted Coffee with Craig and Kevin coffee mug. Are we eligible for this, Kevin? I could really use another one of those coffee cups. We most certainly are, but our audience is going to be helping to vote, so I don't know how much of a chance we both have. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think based on the talents we're going to reveal, uh, we are definitely going to be at the bottom of the list. Before we divulge our ridiculous talents, let us start with Jen's, as it is much cooler than ours. Uh, I understand that she is quite the chef, and she has that skill of pairing wine with food uh, that is so good. I think there's actually a term for that, but neither you nor I are smart enough to remember uh, what that is. Uh, excuse me, Craig. I believe that's a sommelier. Oh, sommelier. 
you're breaking out your Frenchie. When it comes to food and, and wine, uh, obviously, uh, I'm your guy. I mean, I know that stuff, okay? Well, you've upstaged me again. Maybe I shouldn't have said again. That could be the first time. Although not nearly as sophisticated, however, I understand your talent also involves food. You are absolutely correct, sir. So when I was much younger, uh, I found out that I had this talent as I watched my dad uh, flip a grape and catch it in his mouth. And I thought that was really cool that I would give it a try. And right from when I first tried it, I was extremely good at it. But now at this point, uh, I show off for the kids. So when we're eating grapes or blueberries or watermelons, uh, no, not, not actually watermelons, I go ahead and I flip it way up into the air. I usually get it about five to 10 feet over my head and I can catch it in my mouth. I could do maybe 100 to 200 in a row. So I think it's because I have such a love for eating that my body won't let me miss any food that's I guess in the air even so uh you know not the greatest talent and probably a little gross but but i can definitely do that sir how about how about you hopefully you wow. can upstage me on this one yeah that talent sounds like one of those that howie would pass through send on to the next round and all the others would look at him like you're an idiot yeah um <laughs> i'm right there with the, the pumpkin head dancing guy they had uh last time last season i don't know if you saw that i did i did uh that that's pretty good no i i admire that my friend i, I admire that uh, my talents are actually very fleeting talents i used to be quite musical when i was a kid i played uh several different instruments i played piano for many years i played bass guitar slept the bass big time. I even played clarinet. For some reason, I kind of got out of that, and it's like a lot of other skills that I used to have. I used to be able to multiply large numbers together in my head rather quickly. I feel as I'm getting older, I'm getting stupider, so that's probably <laughs> my skill now, is getting stupid. Wow. Well, Craig, if this was a show about talents you used to have, you might have a chance. But um, I will say uh, I definitely match you in the getting stupider department. So I guess you could add that to my list of current talents. Speaking of all these air quote talents, maybe it's time we get back to the real talent of our podcast, which are, of course, our guests. All right. Very excited. Joining us to talk about their organization are James Anderson, who is our news editor with Channel Partners and Channel Features, and Aaron Leviston, the national account manager with Ring Central. Gentlemen, how are you? Hi, doing great. Great to be here. James and Aaron, first, before we get into the questions, I just want to say thank you so much for hipping up our, our podcast, I would say, uh, this time around. Kevmo, <laughs> you know how long I've, I wanted you guys to ask me to be on this thing? I've been listening since episode one. I'm I'm proud to say that, and I'm glad I'm glad you guys finally uh, reached out to me. Great honor. You and Kevin's mom have been on board since the beginning. <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> That's very true. So, uh, Channel NX2Z hosted its first gathering at Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Uh, let's head into the Wayback Machine, James. Gee, thanks, Mr. Peabody. Well, what is it? Well, actually, it's a time machine. I call it a Wayback. How did this whole idea of a channel organization for millennials come about? Well, I remember that our informal organization, we were sitting around a table in uh, January or February, and this concept of the millennials always seems to come about whether you're doing these strategy meetings or, or if you're sitting in on a keynote at one of these events. Everyone loves to talk about the millennials, about the young people, and there isn't a lot of really good data on how technology and, and also just the, the, the channel that we're in is aging out 
um, but at the same time, it's supposed to be populated by this next generation years from now. And But what I've, we've noticed is that a lot of that perspective on this trend has really come from a lot of gray-haired people, um, as awesome as they are and as great a job they're doing of advocating for this. We really just have Wait, 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 wait. Did, did you say gray-haired people? Well, not, not referring to you, Craig, but... Um, yes, I, I'm in the no-haired people category. Right, and they have their, their <laughs> own nuances as well. Uh, but just, just the idea of, like, you know, we, we talk about this generation a lot, but I had personally never heard one of them speak at, at one of these keynote events or um, on one of these panels. So there's a lot of talking about millennials, a lot of talking about Generation Y, but it, it was sort of a, a silent generation. That was kind of where it come about came about of uh you know let's let's hear from them let's let's start to really interact with this generation absolutely i think the first time we were discussing this the phrase nomo mofo came up is that what it is no nomo fomo nomo mofo is what i say when i'm about to throw down with kevin i say nomo mofo that's right <laughs> hey thanks craig but this will be the last time we'll throw down after you just said that on the air <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, um, Aaron, why don't you talk about how you got involved in the group and, and how it's now evolved? Uh, originally, you were named Channel Next, if I recall. So you've evolved so fast, you've even decided on a name change this quickly. How'd that come about? So, yeah, from my perspective, getting involved with the whole movement was completely by accident, right? It was going to a lot of these events and seeing so many, as James so eloquently put it, gray-haired or as you said, no hair folks in attendance that were kind of shaping the way this whole nebulous thing of technology is, right? Um, and I noticed there wasn't a lot of us. So I started to kind of chirp about that on LinkedIn. Lorna actually reached out to me and said, hey, Aaron, would you be interested in kind of helping us with this new thing? I said, fantastic, let's rock and roll. Um, after I got involved, you know, I had these bright ideas of like, we're going to make channel next. We're going to be this super competitive organization. We're going to take down the man and we're going to show the world who we are and how we get it done. So after we really started to have that conversation and socialize that amongst other folks who were in the channel that fall into the millennial age bracket, um, a lot of them started to say like, look, Aaron, that's awesome. You've got fantastic energy. and We really love what you're talking about, but I don't want to really go to war with anybody, right? I don't want to be a competitive organization. Um, there's a lot of tribal knowledge that are held with these more experienced sales individuals or more experienced individuals on the channel. And we really need to have that. And I think going about it the way that we're, we were positioned and originally would have been a little too combative. So once they kind of let us know that, we you know, had a little uh, a brainstorming session with a few folks that we've kind of called the core members of our organization. And, and we just really started to do some feng shui, some brainstorming and talking back and forth. And that's how we kind of settled on this whole bridge organization of channel NX to Z. And Aaron, before I get into the next question altogether, can you explain what NX2Z stands for to the audience that might not know? Yeah, so Channel NX um, is really paying homage to this whole idea of what the channel is, right? What folks have known it to be and paying homage to that legacy of channel. NX is simply representing that we are, yes, an organization that's dedicated to finding and cultivating and grooming the next group of leaders within that generation. So NX. And then the bridging piece, right? X2Z. Essentially, tipping our hat a little bit to the older generations that have done it before us, have laid the groundwork and showing that we want to bridge the whole spectrum from baby boomers to Xers to millennials to the next generation of Zers. So that's channel NX to Z. Great description there and, and uh, a very clever, clever idea that really gets the message out there. 
So James, back to you, good sir. Every generation has stereotypes that the generation ahead of them casts upon them. I'm a bald head myself. Uh, so James, as it pertains to business, what are some of the things you and some of your friends and, and other more youthful colleagues have had to overcome? I would say with stereotypes, it's not always bad. So uh, I've, I've had a very positive experience, particularly in our informal organization. I'm very grateful for that of people asking James, like, you know, how is your experience different? few of the more irksome caricatures would be that that millennials basically just love gadgets. We basically just love our phones and our, our fidget spinners and that's all that we really care about. <laughs> that's, you know, I, I love a good fidget spinner. It definitely relieves uh, anxiety. But a lot of these stereotypes are actually uh, going after Gen Y. It's actually a lot of that is, is Gen Z because millennials, we're not actually digital natives. We didn't grow up just on machines all the time. Um, the, the generation that we're, that we're trying to ultimately connect this to, they are, they are digital natives and probably deal with their own set of uh, stereotypes. But, you know, there are surveys that have come out that say that, you know, even though we say that millennials just want to be on their phones and just be immersed in technology, uh, there's a recent buying, a technology buying study by Spiceworks that says that millennials are going to be more influenced by relationships than their respective baby boomer and Gen X counterparts. There's actually data out there that says millennials are, are more influenced by the personal aspect of a brand and are actually more willing to try out less established brands just simply because of the human interaction. So that's something that everyone realizes about millennials. And obviously, you know, it's a, it's a nuanced and uh, heterogeneous bunch, obviously. So every person is different. Every person's got a story. And so instead of assuming you know about a person, just ask them, you know, talk to them. This dude's bringing the vocabulary words. I don't know if we can have him showing us up, Kevin. Yeah, I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> Aaron, let's take that to another level. Uh, we've heard the numbers about how millennials will soon make up half of the American workforce. Many are rising to the level where they're making purchasing decisions as well. So I'd ask from your experience working in the channel, what makes that buyer who's, say, in their 20s and 30s different from someone older? James made a fantastic point just a moment ago, right? When he said millennials are more apt to purchase and make connections based on relationships and not necessarily just the feeds and feeds and text of a product, right? We've actually seen that transition happen as we go to market with here at Ring Central, right? As we connect with different individuals and we talk to these different buyers, most of these folks will readily say, we're not 100% familiar with the way uh, you guys do business or even what the name is, but we are familiar with there are changing buyers and we are familiar with you, right? We all know that people like to buy from people that they know, like, and love, right? And they have an appreciation with. Well, I think millennials certainly take that to a whole nother level where we're actively seeking out relationships and actively wanting to connect with individuals and actively wanting to have a, a firm understanding of who you are and what you stand for, right? We certainly are the generation where, you know, we'll buy a pair of shoes because you're going to help somebody else purchase a pair of shoes off in another world, right? That's the whole Tom's brand. So if you look at a lot of these different trending brands that have kind of taken off, um, it is because millennials are really the driving force behind that because there's a story and there's a connection to it. And it's not just solving my everyday business problem. And, and you could definitely say that, you know, relationships are the foundation that indirect sales was built on as well. So if the millennials understand that, obviously they are the future of the channel, I would say. That's a great point, right? And I think a lot of folks tend to miss that. 
if you really want to build your career in tech, period, I think the channel is ultimately the way to go because it is so relationship driven. It is where you can kind of start yourself out not knowing anything, shake a hand, and next thing you know, you're selling some obscure technology that really is the next phase of a business solving, right? So it's immensely, to your point, Kevin, it's an immensely uh, cool uh, place to be simply because of the relationships. So James, uh, moving forward for channel NX2Z, what, what's coming up next for your group? And do you have any plans for our fall channel partners, cue the soundbite <laughs> event? <laughs> Kevin, I'll tell you what, we, we do have some plans in the work. So short term, we are planning a Chicago meetup in July where people are going to be gathering in Chicago uh, for not just networking, uh, we're going to have a panel. We're going to hear from a multi-generational panel of channel personnel about their experiences in the channel, their advice. So we're trying to combine this. Uh, it's not just going to be networking. It's not just going to be a chance to meet people. And it's going to be more than that. That's going to be part of it. But it's a, an opportunity to get education and to find mentorship with older people that, that want to be part of this and, and want to help make this bridge. And also just spotlight some of these young people who have important things to say that are going to help our industry. So we'll be meeting up in Chicago next month. We're in process of, of becoming a nonprofit. We're putting that together. And for Channel Partners Evolution, we're going to be participating in a hackathon with some other organizations in our industry working on helping out some young entrepreneurs with some of their business plans and then look for another panel seeing some other young people um, and their mentors um, sharing their knowledge and uh, potentially another networking event that we did at our vegas show so that's on the docket for right now Nonprofit status, huh? So have you been stashing all the profits up to this point? Yeah, no, trying, to, trying to turn over a new leaf, I'd say. <laughs> nice, nice. So Aaron, uh, maybe a last little blast. Uh, how can our listeners get involved with Channel NX2Z? Yeah, so LinkedIn has really been our hub, right? So first step, go to LinkedIn, search group, Channel NX2Z. You will find James and my smiling face looking there and ready to greet you, as well as 150-plus other young millennials who are looking to hear your voice and kind of connect there. So start there, but also be on the lookout. I'll have a, a monthly column and uh, channel partners on the site, as well as James is going to be constantly pumping out stuff and making sure we get connected. And uh, look for us at different events to get kind of connected with us. Um, but yeah, we'll be making sure you get plenty of buzz about Channel NXTZ very shortly. Excellent. Now, Aaron and James, before we let you go, uh, we started a new theme here based on America's Got Talent uh, coming back to the airwaves, and, and my kids love it. So, you know, I'll, I've been watching it with them and, and trying to see who's going to advance. So we're starting the channel's Got Talent, and this is for all ages. So what we want to ask you, and just to put James on the spot, we'll start with him. Do you have a hidden talent or just a talent that beyond your unbelievable vocabulary and editorial skills? There is one thing that I believe I'm unique in my ability to perform. I can lick my elbow, Kevin. Ew. Wow. <laughs> no. No way. Yeah. Nobody can I, do I'm that. not sure if that's a talent. I, I'm glad um, that we got you on the first episode that we're doing this, though. No one else will feel concerned with how weird their talent is. Cause you, just, you just won that award. Yeah, I have, I have dropped the bar as low as, as it needs to go. <laughs> and Certainly with that, Aaron can do better than that. There we go. 
<laughs> no, I cannot. Well, Aaron, you're not you're not off the hook, buddy. You, it's your turn now. Well, you got to give us a hidden talent, my friend. <laughs> I did used to rap in high school, and it is not anything that I'm proud of. <laughs> well, that's a talent. If you can rap, that's definitely a talent. So no, I, didn't, I, think, I didn't say I could. <laughs> I oh, did. gotcha. I would say willingness to rap, knowing full well that you can't, is is a talent. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, that definitely works. Somehow I think that uh, none of you guys would get past the first round on America's Got Talent. <laughs> Probably not. I, but I would have some good comebacks for Simon. I'd, I'd let him have it. I hate to cut it off here. I really do. We're really getting somewhere, but uh, we probably should. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time today. Excited to see what happens with your organization here going forward, and, and best of luck to you. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, it was a great pleasure. Thank you both. Just some more great info from those young whippersnappers at Channel NX2Z, Craig. I was just glad that I was almost able to keep up with them. Yeah, I'm amazed I got through that entire interview without referring to James as our resident millennial. But I guess I brought (laughs) it up there, so I got it in anyway. No, you're right. I feel like I got to step away and take my back pill. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, Craig, Channel NX2Z has a fantastic and much-needed mission And we're looking forward to big things from that group and all of its members moving forward. Most certainly, Kevin. They're breaking down stereotypes and cultivating and improving relationships. You know, that's what it's all about. You got that right, Craig. Let me tell you about another great venue to grow those relationships. It's going to be hosted in Philadelphia, and it's Channel Partners Evolution. Have you heard about this, Craig? October 9th through the 12th. Well, I haven't been sleeping through this entire podcast, so yes. Yes, indeed, I have heard of that. And don't forget, you can stay in touch with the channel community all year round, getting the latest news and goings-on on Channel Partners Online and ChannelFutures.com. And Craig, last but certainly not least, and I will have to begrudgingly say that, don't forget to let them know where they can find us and Digi all year round as well. Digi! Our digital services robot mascot. Absolutely, Kevin. You can find us on iTunes. Just search Channel Partners Online. You can also find us on SoundCloud and our Twitter page. Give it to them. It's at DigiRobot. You make me do this every time, Craig. At D-I-G-I-R-O-B-O-T. Sorry, buddy. Getting older is rough, and I know it's hard for you to remember that Twitter handle as the days go by, but you keep doing it. So that's why I keep pushing you. If you have to give it out there every couple of weeks, you're going to remember. Don't I know it, Craig. Darn those younger millennials. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone.